Good morning again. How often do we feel lost in our life? We experience, I'm sure, many different storms. We experience the tugs of the world versus the love and care of God. The diagnosis of a terminal illness, the friction between family members, the hurt we experience through a friend, the pressure of our job or lack of, and the stress of life in general. All those are part of my life. So how do we deal with them? How are we able to change them? Our readings today share with us the storms of three individuals, Elijah the prophet, Peter, and Jesus. Elijah was to preach the mission and the love of God to a people who were turning to many false gods, forgetting the call of their covenant. Elijah had confronted the prophets of the foreign god Baal, The God was also the God of Jezebel. So he challenged the prophets of Baal that each would try and offer a sacrifice to their God. They would make the woody wood, you know, put that together in that, but they couldn't use anything to light it. They had to pray to their God. The prophets did ritual chances and chants, but no fire ever ignited their wood. Elijah prepared his wood for the fire, and he even poured water upon it to make it even more difficult to ignite. He prayed to his God, Yahweh. Lightning came down and ignited his wood to offer a sacrifice. People were elated. Many came to believe. He had to flee, though, because Jezebel sought to revenge against him. So he fled into the desert, as we heard today, and he takes shelter in the cave. That's why why he was there, fleeing her wrath. Elijah fell alone. Jezebel was after him. The the Israelites were not faithful and living out that call of the covenant. He just had a pity party for himself, wondering what the Lord really is asking of him when no one is helping. Others are after his life. But Elijah was told to go and that he would meet the Lord at this cave. He tells him to go out and stand on the mountainside that the Lord himself would be passing by. Again, he experiences the storm of life, the image of a strong wind, that of an earthquake, or that of fire. Yet, in any of these, he did not experience the Lord passing by. He came to experience him in a tiny whispering sound. 
That's great. I think you all stopped breathing when I said that. It is so quiet. But yeah, a tiny whispering sound. You know, as the lecture was reading that first reading, I was pastor of St. Elizabeth, the St. Elizabeth, in north end of Columbus before I retired. And by our baptismal fund in church, we had a mobile. And you could always tell, if it got warm in church and that, you always look at the mobile. If the mobile wasn't moving slightly or whatever, then you knew the air conditioning wasn't on. That was the trick, you know. Then you knew you had to go and flip, override it or do that. The same way here, as you look at the candles at the altar, what do you see? The flickering flame. There has to be air in here, and that air is moving, causing that flame to flicker. But again, it's just like that whispering sound. How often when you come into a Catholic church, what's the, one of the first things often you will look for in a church you're visiting? Where is the Blessed Sacrament? There is the red candle next to the tabernacle. There is a flame burning in that, flickering to say, here I am, I'm present. The Lord is here. The whispering sound, the simplicity, how we can sit here in church alone and not be alone because he is there always in the Eucharist. The selection before our gospel today was where Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish and they had about 12 baskets of fragments. You know, he sent his disciples in the boat ahead to the other side of the lake and he himself goes up then to the mountainside to be alone once again with the Father. It was there that he renewed himself to be able to continue on in his mission in preaching, for him to find that moment of silence, the moment of presence, you know? You know, it was still dark as we heard today, but coming to early light that Jesus then appears walking across the water. You know, the boys were in the boat. They were filled for already because there were strong winds and high waves and taking water probably in the boat. You know, they were fishermen. They probably were used to those type of things, but still, here's this person coming across and they realize it's Jesus, you know? And they get afraid. And so Jesus assures them I'm not a ghost. He says, take courage. It is I. Again, earlier in scriptures, they were asked, who should we say you are? I am is my name. I am. And he says today, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid.
Again, Peter, the man he is and the strength of him, he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Well, what Jesus do? Come. <laughs> he steps out, begins to walk, <clears throat> and begins to walk towards Jesus. He walks away, then he begins to realize what he's doing. I'm walking on water. Can you believe this? Then he realizes the strength of the wind and the waves hitting against him. And as that thought came to me, he loses trust. He loses faith. He loses sight in looking at Jesus. Therefore, he begins to sink. Save me, he says. Simply, Jesus puts his hands out, catches his, and lifts him up. You know, how often we probably fall in that same thing. You know, that vision, that sight that he had, he started to walk, was watching, looking. But once he looked down to realize the wind and the waves, he lost faith and began. You know, for us, Sometimes that happens. It's easy one Sunday morning saying, Oh, I'm tired this morning. It's nice being in this bed. So we don't come to church. A month later, Oh, it was a late night. I had a few too many. I'm going to sleep it off. A few months later, you're not seen in church anymore. We lose that sight. We lose that focus, being part of a community, coming to celebrate, being proclaimed the word and nourished by that word as well as nourished by this Eucharist to be in his presence, in his stillness, in his silence. That's how easy it can happen for us. They were in their they were fearful, but yet take courage. It is I. Again, as they got into the boat, what happens? You know, Peter says, save me, save me. Yes. They get into the boat, and all was calm. How often in our own storms of life, we can be like Peter. We know God. We trust, we struggle at times to live out our call, Christian call to faith and life. But in our storms, we can allow them to be overcome, to allow them to overcome us or to consume us, that we lose that focus. You know, Jesus had to save Peter. He had to, because he is his God. He is the one who made him. He is special and unique and close to Jesus. But you know what? So are you.
Yes, we're sinners. We make a lot of dumb decisions. But there's nothing that can keep you from God. He's always there to walk with you daily. Just turn to him. Put your hand out. He'll take your hand. Because he made you. You are unique. You are special. There's no one better or worse in this church than all of us together. We're all in this boat together, huh? So the storm can be great. It can consume us. We lose that focus. We fail to trust that the presence and love of God is there to support us or help us to weather the storms in our life. Hopefully, like Peter, we're able to say, Save me, Lord. Save me. It is in asking and seeking that, again, the Lord stretches out his hands to us again and again and again and invites us to come and to walk and to be with him. Elijah and Peter and Jesus shows us what we need to do in our times of concern is to be still in the presence of our God. If that's in your bathroom, if that is in your bedroom or your easy chair, or on the bus to school, or the car to work, or in this church, or taking a walk out in the sunlight. He's there, always, somewhere. To be still in his presence. We need to have hearts open for the whispering sounds of his love and presence, and say, 